Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Captain Hunter's Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Just another episode of us trying to bridge the divide between the police and the communities that they serve. Wanted to go over something real quick. Um, I always say that, but the end of the videos end up being like a half an hour or so long. So wanted to talk about um, this idea of police departments and policing and the cultures that, that exist there and in certain places. And this is what pre people have when they have a problem with the police. individual police officers. I think most people would say that they don't have a, a, a difficulty with, but I think that they have a difficulty with policing in general. And we have to really try to work hard to fix these problems that are going on with them. And it's been my contention that the problems that exist on a individual officer level on a smaller level, on a lower level, I should say, on a lower level, let's put it that way, on a lower level, are often systematic and system, systematic and system problems and cultural problems that exist within the organization and are the direct results of leadership. Give everyone a moment to think about what I just said there. These are problems that exist because of leadership issues and problems that exist uh, within the organization. Um, so uh, what am I talking about here? So when and if there's officers that we read about that are doing certain things and there has to be multiple changes that occur with as a result of the problems that have been going on that people have just found out about, then the question has to be asked, how come the leadership didn't know about these problems before uh, the information blew? It's a question that has to be asked and has to be answered. And I know that there's always a conference, there's, there's conferences, there's calls, there's seminars, there's training sessions among chiefs of police and their deputies and higher ranking officials talking about these different types of cultural problems within organizations and how do we root them out and stem them out. Police departments exist. Uh, there's over 18,000 police departments raising from the larger LAPDs, NYPDs to all the way down to two and three man departments. Um, 18,000 police departments, 50 states. Every one of those, has, every state, territory uh, has different rules, regulations, expectations of their police officers. The police departments themselves have different rules, regulations, policies, and procedures, whatever they have. And this becomes an issue, but the, not only, but rules, regulations, policies, procedures, and state laws don't overcome and don't, and oftentimes counteract the cultural problems that exist. When we talk about police departments being framed and built upon um, systems of oppression, uh, the history of policing from slave catching patrols to the midnight watchmen, um, and, and who are they going to police or patrol, who the police are serving the interests of corporations in the elite class. These are all hist history lessons that people can, can read about. I've talked about on my show and in my book, <laughs> make sure you pick up a copy of my book. So these things continue to happen today and they have to be stopped. It doesn't matter the face of the person uh, who's in the leadership position, these things have to be stopped. Uh, it doesn't matter the person, the face of the person who's in the leadership position or the people who are doing it. Uh, we have to recognize and realize what we're doing. So there's a lot of different things we could talk about, and I, I wanna talk about the cultural things. We could talk about how these cultural things get into place, uh, the need for, for production, uh, who's turning in the most tickets and all that kind of thing. So that's a conversation for another day. But here, here's a story from the, just a few days ago, I believe uh, from May 10th, and this is when this article was written, I, I think the original story broke like May 7th or so, and this is an incident that occurred, and, and this woman, this police officer or former police officer, uh, has been in investigation uh, for uh, since like July of 2020. 
So, so let's take a look at this. This says uh, Sacramento uh, police officer Alex, Alexa Palubiki, Palubiki, uh arraigned on two counts of filing false uh, police uh, report. Two counts of filing report, false police report, and I believe that her, um, and this comes from the uh, Sacramento CBS local, um, I believe that her, uh, uh, she's facing two felony counts, right? So she's been arraigned in court. Here's a picture of her. Right here, here's a story. I'm not going to press play. It's a two-minute long story. Here, here's her picture. She's obviously a person of color herself. I don't know what her ethnicity is. Uh, some sort of Latina, or, or you know, I don't, I don't know what a name like Pulabiki, uh, or that could be her husband's last name. But she certainly looks to be a person of color. Um. So, so it talks. This article goes into how uh, it's a criminal case against Officer Alexa Pelabiki centers on enforcement stop made that allegedly caught her in, on a web of lies. So this woman is going in there reporting, reporting lies. Um, uh, you guys can read all this. Um, so I want to scroll down a little bit more here. Uh, so I want to get to. I can close this out here. Uh, so, so it says uh, CBS 13 uh, obtained Sacramento Police internal investigation documents from the enforcement stop Apollo Bicky made showing she told investigators she and her partner, she and her partner decided to do some proactivity and saw a car reg registered to a female, but a male was driving, which she felt was, which we felt was odd. So here's what happened. So uh, apparently some type of investigation occurred into her uh, stopping of this particular vehicle. She then tells in her internal affairs investigation. So she went to internal affairs, made a sworn statement or made a statement saying, this is why we stopped the car. Because I uh, or we <laughs> saw this vehicle that was, we ran the plates, doesn't say why they ran the plates, although that has not been established as being illegal. There's no court that I know of that has established that police officers running anyone's plates just for the simple fact of running someone's plates is illegal or, or against rules or regulations. So. Uh, not that I know, that, not that I'm aware. So they saw this car that was registered for a female, but a guy's driving it, and they thought that was odd. So that was a reason for the stop. This is what they told internal affairs investigator. Ridiculous, right? R ridiculous. Uh, the stop led, so they pulled over a car. The stop led to the discovery of a firearm and an arrest of an African-American man in which Palabiki uh, police reports showed the probable cause for the enforcement stop was a suspicion of DUI, a claim that Sacramento District Attorney alleges she knowingly lied about. This is her and her partner complicit in this or doing this. This is a problem. This is a problem. They went uh, to the end of the story, I believe by they. Um, it's, it's not clear. I'm not really clear as to who, who they meant as they. Uh, they went to the end of the story and then rationalized their way backward. Uh, that's not the way uh, the Constitution works. Okay, so they is, uh, is Palabiki and her partner. Uh, apparently, Palabiki is the one who wrote the report, and she's the one who falsified the, the report. Uh, it's not it's not clear as if the partner read the report or agree with the report or whatever. I'm sure that they're uh, and just as a sidebar to this. There's numerous other officers, uh, according to the chief's uh, press conference that I that I saw that's also online here, um, uh, saying that other officers are, are under investigation for this type of thing. Right. And they're doing something about it.
An internal affair investigation shows Palabiki uh, never filed mandatory reporting documents at, per the Racial and Identity uh, Patrolling uh, Profiling Act. Unfortunately, more, many law enforcement treat black skin as though it's a base for, basis for probable cause for stop and or arrest. And that's wrong, and I think that's what happened here, Harris said. Is the uh, founder of the Law Enforcement Accountability Directive. Uh, so this, that's who, and he's watching this case uh, closely. So that's who Harris is. So he's just a commentator uh, for this Law Enforcement um, Accountability uh, Directive. And so, uh, so he's he's commenting on this, and this is this this is a, is a problem that I think really underpins the, the public's frustration with law enforcement. These officers are out there going out there for a variety of reasons, targeting people, pulling people over for for ridiculous reasons, and then lying about it. And then you have other officers who are complicit in this. Um, and this is, this is, this is despicable and disgusting. Now, of course, I give a lot of kudos to the internal affairs investigation for turning over the reports. I give a lot of kudos to the, uh, for the department doing their job as far as the administrative staff, uh, as far as, uh, uh taking the, 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 the correct actions of continuing the investigation. I'm sure the terminations and suspensions and all that kind of discipline will occurring. However, this is the frustration that people have. And this is this gives us no confidence when when police officers are out there targeting people, running people's license plates for no reason, uh, pulling people over, lying about it, saying that they see someone who's um, uh, a female's registered to the car, but a male's driving, or a male's registered to the car, uh, and but the female's driving. These are ridiculous reasons. And then you're saying it's DUI. Um, so this this continues to erode the the public's confidence and trust. And this, unfortunately, uh, was a was a person of color who's doing this in and of herself. So this, so being a person of color in certain positions does not preclude you from harboring racial animus and or targeting certain people. It could be that they may have known this particular individual because they did, after all, get a gun and he, and, and he was arrested. Um. So listen, I, I'm just so we got to do things the right way. Get the gun off the street. That's great. Maybe they knew that the guy had a gun, or maybe they knew some information. But the fact that they lied in the report and, and went about it the wrong way is is the bigger issue here. And from an administrative standpoint, you got to know what your people are doing. Got to root out these type of uh, uh, bad apples, bad actors, uh, before they rot, rot the whole bunch and before they destroy the whole batch. It's making all of law enforcement look bad. All the law enforcement looked at, and it's really, really embarrassing that this woman, who's 26 years old, that's the last point I want to bring about this, 26 years old, beginning of her career, if she started when she was 21, that would give her five years. doesn't say how long she was on the department here, but it couldn't, it couldn't have been a, 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 but a few years. Where does she learn this type of behavior from? And this is another frustration I'm going to leave off on this. Where did they learn this type of behavior from? Where did they learn it from? Who taught her to do this? Was it a partner? Was a partner a senior officer, or was she the senior officer on scene? Uh, did she learn this from senior officer to profile people and to pull them over for no reason or, or to make up and tell different stories about what's going on? Uh, those are the types of things that really have to be looked hard and long at by law enforcement, command staff, and administration officials. Really have to look long and hard at that type of thing and figure out what's going on within your department. Supervisors need to be on top of this type of thing and to look for this type of thing um, and really have to root this type of thing out. It's really unfortunate that this 26-year-old woman has now been arrested for two uh, felony counts. Law enforcement career is more than likely over. 
Um, and I think that that's really, really terrible and really, really unfortunate. Here's a female officer, uh, really uh, could have been a real benefit to the community. And, and it appears as though they try to, listen, they try to do the right thing. Let me stress this. They're trying to do the right thing. They got to gone off the street. Maybe they knew this guy. Uh, certain, I'm not making taking over this guy. He shouldn't have had a gun if he had one illegally and all that type of thing. But we got to go about doing things the right way. I don't think that anybody can can um, can detract from that. It, it's destroying the, the morale, the image of law enforcement when when people go about that. So that's that story. And I, I want to end off with, with with the same line of thought about what's going on within these departments on a larger level. And I talked about this in another video, and that is the video um, uh, of the dash cam footage and the body cam footage or the body cam footage that's going on with this Ronald Green situation down in Louisiana. Uh, I thought about it a little bit more in the long lines of this particular story. And um, I really wanted to talk about administration officials in police departments and as i thought about this this particular case with ronald green the louisiana state troopers and i i watched the the colonel there his name is escaping me right now it's not really important he's the head of the louisiana state police man of color himself uh talking about the changes that are going to be made reassigning people uh we're looking into the we're implementing policies procedures and i think and, and i gotta just be frank and honest i think think that all that just rings hollow they they sat in this particular case for two years Two years they sat on this case, uh, stonewalling the family, seven months to get answers, uh, in an autopsy report that's incomplete, that do doesn't put the manner of death, whether it's homicide, suicide, accidental, doesn't put that down there. How, how, how is any of this happening? In my book, which I highly suggest people get, I talk about the reforms that need to take place across all of law enforcement. And I include forensics offices uh, uh, in, in, uh, in district attorney's offices and um, these medical offices as well they're all seem to be complicit in this type of craziness and all seem to be complicit in this type of nonsense and i think it's despicable and i think it's time for it to stop in these particular cases in these particular cases i think that people really have to look, take a look at um what, what's what's going on and this man of color who stood before the press conference that's going to be reviewed on youtube and said that he's making all kinds of different changes policies and procedures are going to be changed People are being reassigned and all this kind of crazy nonsense. Well, it's not crazy nonsense. But the problem is, is that why didn't it happen before? We sat through a year. This incident happened in 2019. We sat through in 2020, a city in the country and the world burning over chokeholds, over uh, lack of transparency, over body cam footage uh, with the George Floyd protests. Um, why wasn't anything done at that particular time? In that, in that time, since that why wasn't banning of chokeholds done at that time in the, in the department? Why weren't policy procedures looked at? In anyone who's, who's any police department of the 18,000 I listed in any of the 50 states in the nine U.S. territories, or I think it's nine U.S. territories. Forgive me if I'm wrong about that. I probably should Google that. Any of the U.S. territories that are, that are, that are out there, why is it that police departments are slow in moving and changing their policies and procedures? When you when we get up in press conferences after the fact and say, uh, now we're going to make changes, we're going to reassign people, that rings hollow. There's time to do it now. If you're an administrator, if you're listening to this, if you're a chief of police, if you're a captain, uh, if you're a commander, you're a deputy chief of police, you should be pushing for these types of reforms now. Get in front of the ball now. That is the problem that people have with law enforcement. 2019, May of 2019, uh, Ronald Green goes through this terrible ordeal that a video that, that I and many people have broken down already. 
Chris Cuomo that we're about to watch here is going to read something that I really hope is going to be um, uh, um, really inaccurate. I'm going to go through that now. So the next voice you're going to hear is that of Chris uh, uh, Cuomo. Let's let's play that for a second. Here. Their initial complaint. Here it is. The pursuit ended when Green crashed his vehicle. Green was taken into custody after resisting arrest and a struggle with troopers. A short time later, Green became unresponsive and was transported to Glenwood Medical Center. Green died while en route to Glenwood Medical Center. If that is their full report, and and there's there's some dots in there indicating that there are some breaks, and I certainly hope, and I, I'm certainly hoping, let me say this outright, uh, that this is incomplete, in in inaccurate, incomplete. I was a defensive tactics instructor. I've talked about this, and part of that is is how to write these different types of reports. That is the most incomplete report I've probably ever read, or ever seen read. I I would be as a commander. I would go back to my lieutenants and say, what the heck is up with this? I would expect them to chew out their sergeants and, and chew out the, the patrolman who wrote this. This is That is an unacceptable report. Again, I'm hoping that it's redacted. I'm hoping that it's incomplete. I'm hoping that it's uh, not, not accurate, <laughs> essentially. I ho I'm hoping that that is not the full, full entirety of the report. I'm sure that it's not. I'm sure there's dates and times and names dates of birth and, and, and the directions we're traveling and what happened when we got out the car and the reasons I'm hoping that I'm hoping and I know that there's other things in there I look for, for the report uh, online myself I could not find it so I'm sure that CNN uh, is able to get access to the report that I'm not able to get but it's not online and I did look for it so I can't I can't verify how much was left out of this that he's read there but if if uh, this is the full detail of the report I, I'm really, really having a problem with that. Um, and so, again, it said the pursuit ended. So I'm sure that they talked about w prior to the pursuit, after he crashed his vehicle, uh, uh, dot, 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 Green was taken into custody after resisting arrest in a struggle with the troopers. Nothing in there about the taser, nothing in there about how many times we had to... The, the resistance that we had to uh, bring this guy's hands behind his back. Uh, he was bleeding. He was swearing. He wasn't following orders. Th there's a lot of different things in there that, that are left out of here. So I'm hoping this report is incomplete. Short time later, Green was became unresponsive. A short time later, how, how much long later? You, you have body cam footage. Was anybody guarding him? He came unresponsive. He didn't just become unresponsive and was transported to Glenwood Med uh, Medical Center. He died en route to the medical center. Man, that is that is one terrible report. But again, I'm hoping. I'm giving. I'm hoping. But but Chris Cuomo uh, goes on to to talk about about this a little bit more. So uh, let let's continue to go. Center Green died while en route to Glenwood Medical Center. What is left out of that? Everything that you just saw. Nothing there suggests the car crash is why Green died. Struggle doesn't really capture it, does it? Does it capture how he was treated, how he was dragged by his ankles when he was ankle cuffed and cuffed behind his back with his arms, that he'd been tased repeatedly? Did he just become unresponsive? The AP also obtained a medical report. An ER doctor wrote that when Green's body reached the hospital, it was bruised and bloodied with two stun gun prongs in his back. 
The AP says that led the doctor to question Trooper's initial account that Green had died on impact after crashing into a tree. Does not add up, the doctor wrote. The state police don't want anyone putting the video out there, they say, because of the state and federal investigations that are still underway. Two years, no charges, all this body cam video. Isn't that a lot to go on? I'm going to stop Chris Cuomo right there. You want to hear me, not him. So, um, listen, I, 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 I am in agreement that this is, that number one, the report was lacking, but I'm going to give them the benefit of a doubt that uh, some things were just completely just left out of that. Uh, I'm also going to, um, yeah, yeah, so, uh, but again, I, want, I really want to focus in and harp, in, and harp on the idea that, um, that after a press conference, you want to make all these changes and talk about all these different types of changes that are, that are coming along. I, I think that, that those things ring hollow and this, it doesn't give anyone a, a vote of confidence. At another time, uh, the mother of Mr. Green um, uh, stated that, uh, that she had no confidence essentially in the Louisiana State Police and they were run like a mafia organization. Um, people should not be talking about their police departments like that. They should not be talking about their police departments like that. Now, this is her feelings. Uh, obviously, she's going through a lot. She's been traumatized with the death and the loss of her son and all that. So I get it. So she may uh, be in her feelings to a certain degree and to a certain level. However, um, when, we, when we read stories about what happened in Sacramento, California, when we read about and know about that the, the world was on fire with, with the treatment of, 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 of a killing of someone and of George Floyd, and you have time now to get these policies and procedures in order. You have time now to make the reassignments, terminations, and everything like that. You have these time to do these types of things. Why aren't we doing them now? Why is it only, why are we releasing the video after it's been leaked? Now they're going to release the full video in, in, in context, all 46 minutes of it, after it's been leaked. Why is that? Why is it that we are, that the that the public has to find out things uh, surreptitiously uh, before that that the uh, before there's any type of transparency on the behalf of law enforcement? I really want law enforcement officials to really think about that. This idea about cover-ups, about falsifying evidence and reports, is cultural, police department cultural, and it starts with the, at the top, at the very top. And it permeates down. And I'm asking for law enforcement to, to think about that because we can't ask uh, the, the public to do better if we're going to falsify reports. We can't ask the police departments to do better. Or we can't ask the citizens in the public to do better if we're not going to take the corrective actions that need to be taken now before things get out and before we get embarrassed by these types of things. So uh, just a little bit to think about. Ladies and gentlemen, um, much love and peace. Uh, you know, you know how we do. If you got any more stories, hit me up, and I will uh, talk talk about them. But these two stories just really, really bothered me. Police reform is more than just a trending topic. My name is Lawrence Hunter. I'm a retired police captain from the state of Connecticut, and I've written a new book called Police Reform, and I talk about the evolution of law enforcement here in America and what changes need to be made in order to improve the relationship between the police and the communities that they serve. Over the past few months, it has become increasingly more important and more evident that there's something amiss in the ride between the police and the communities that they serve. So whether you're about defunding the police or defending the police, if you're about Blue Lives Matter or Black Lives Matter, no matter what side of the fence you happen to sit on, 
Make sure that you pick up your copy of Police Perform today.